additional coins. You honor me with your presence, Grizzly D. Pokemon so tiny hurt so much. Rat Diggler. Usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. Is. Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Brad Ziggler with you guys as always. And if you're listening to the Freeverse, two bits of information for that this time. Not only, as always, you can go to theathletic.com slash the throwback and get 40% off. But if you're into fancy baseball, you definitely want to go to do that because 40% off for the draft kit, which just dropped today, it's probably about one-fifth of what's coming, and there's already 30 articles out there. It's insane. There's about 7 billion people contributing to the article this year. Uh, it, or it's, it's just ridiculous. And Chris hasn't even done his work yet. He's slacking <laughs> off. He's doing, like, the puck chasing or whatever. But he still hasn't even – that's how much is in there. That Chris hasn't even got anything done yet, and there's still 30 articles. It's it's ridiculous. But go check it out. Uh, again, at Chris Meany for Chris, at Brad Ziegler for Brad, and at Olin Kid for myself. And we were talking about players for 2020 and what to expect. So we're going to jump right – I'm kidding. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Brad! Brad, they how are it. you feeling? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was awesome. I, I, we were, you know, just briefly before the show, we talked and like for the first 50 minutes of the game, I was just extremely nervous, like anxious, like what, like they can't get anything going. Damian Williams was moving the ball a little bit, but then they, I, I really thought they were in trouble when they got down in scoring position, down 10. And threw a pick. They didn't even get a field goal out of that drive. And I would have felt so much better had they gotten a field goal out of that drive, knowing that, okay, all, all we got to do is stop them, and then it's a one-score game at that point. But when they threw that pick, it I, I started getting nervous then. And fortunately, you know, whether it was Kyle Shanahan's play calling, the Chiefs defense stepping up one way or another, uh, they were able to to keep the 49ers' drives really short after that. And I, I thought the game changed. It obviously changed on the third and 15 where – um, Tyreek Hill got the 44-yard catch because that was a huge play. Um, but I thought the the momentum of the game changed when the Chiefs started going no huddle because it the the 49ers defense was disrupting them like crazy, forcing short passes because of their pass rush. And whenever they went no huddle, they didn't. It was like the 49ers kind of dropped into a, a a generic base defense and they weren't able to to call all these random blitzes. And I and the Chiefs could move the ball up and down the field um, the way that they have most of the season. So I have two questions for you. Uh, one is, uh, you're talking about the interception at the beginning of the fourth quarter, correct? Yeah, the one that bounced off Tyree so, Kill's hands. and yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so I, I was with you. So the entire game, I still felt like, oh, the Chiefs can win this. Right then, at that interception, that's the moment I got concerned. I, yeah. I wasn't concerned until that point. Uh, and the funny thing was is we know this on the show and everybody knows listening. I was with you. I was rooting for the Chiefs. I want them to win. Funnily enough, as the game went on, I got angrier and angrier. Like, I started hating the 49ers more. I don't know why. So I, I like it to the uh, Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl when I went in and I was like, I can't root for the Seahawks with this stupid Marshawn Lynch and I don't, I'm just here not to get fined and all like whatever. I think that was the Super Bowl, right? But in any case, I just remember maybe it was – no, that was the Seahawks-Patriots. And I went into it as like, I can't root for the Seahawks. And halfway through the game, I'm like, I'm not rooting for the Patriots. I'm rooting for the Seahawks. So I like changed course in that one as well. So – uh, what about you, Chris? Did you, so you were on the Chiefs? No, right? no, I was, on the, no the I was on the Niners. I was on the Niners. Oh, you were on the Niners. I was on the Niners and it was interesting to, to hear what Brad's thoughts because when you were away to Vegas there a couple weeks ago, because the Chiefs have done this 
they've come back in every single game. I mean, it's been five times this year where Mahomes come back from double digit points. They trailed in all the playoff yeah, games. Unbelievable. Correct? And the first one, I guess, double digits. Yeah, double digits and double digits five times this season, which is pretty impressive too. But double digits throughout the in, the entire Super Bowl run. And when you were going to Vegas, I had asked Brad because the first one against the Texans that was the big. I mean, that one was what twenty four points. I think it was twenty four nothing, at least twenty twenty nothing, twenty one nothing. Yeah. At that point, I had asked Brad if he was ever real nervous at that point, and he wasn't. So it was interesting to hear him say that he was nervous because for me, watching the game, at no point did I think that that game was over until the PI call on Kelsey at the end, which set them up at the one. I was like, oh, now it's over because they're just going to get in. And even <laughs> at that point, they were still only going to be down three. And I just felt like you could kind of see it coming. San Fran did a great job defensively, but you could kind of see it. Brad talks about the no huddle, the big play, the 3-15 and to Tyree Kill. I thought that was a big turning point in the game as well. And then at, and then you could kind of just see San Fran, they looked gassed, man, on defense. They, they were backpedaling. They did. Um, Watkins burned Sherman. They, it all started to kind of pile up there, and it was just bad news. And the, the one, what was the one thing I said to you guys – when I was picking the Niners, that I had a question about Jimmy Garoppolo, and it seems like Kyle Shanahan has those same questions about Jimmy Garoppolo, because I, I know we're going to talk a lot about him throughout the offseason, probably on this show, but I don't think that he really trusted Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday. Which is strange, because let's talk about that for a second. Just, and we're going to, we're definitely coupling this into fantasy, but it's the Super Bowl. We, we can talk about the damn Super Bowl. Uh, the interesting thing I said while I'm sitting there watching it, and to go back to that, Brad, of the interception was as the game was a whole, the defense and the run game for the 49ers were killing the Chiefs. It was Debo Samuel, three rushes for 53 yards. He worked every time that happened until that third one late in the game, but at that point, they got away from it. 20 rush attempts, 20 compared to 31 attempts. And he even said that like, Hey, you know, that's how we beat everybody. We're not changing the way we do things, but you did. You did it again in the Super Bowl. I know it's not as egregious as the Falcon situation, but 31 attempts. Yes, they were behind at that point for some of those, but still you weren't to that point. You should have way more than 20 rush attempts, Brad. Like that was what was killing the Chiefs and winning this game. Yeah, no question. And, and there was another big moment at the end of the, the first half where, the Chiefs ran a play, um, it was just inside of two minutes, and the Chiefs ran a play on third down and and didn't get the first down. And the 49ers had all three timeouts left, and they didn't call one. They let it run down to all the way down to like 115 or something before the that Chiefs punted. That was ridiculous. Yeah, and then then they, I mean, you looked at it, they they were an offensive pass interference call away from, from getting a field goal, but what if they had those 40 seconds left? You know, those extra 40 seconds, and they still had two timeouts left. They They absolutely could have put points on the board there. And then got the ball to start the second half and potentially extended that lead. And I thought they played just way too conservatively right there at the end of the first half. It was like they were afraid of a, a mistake and giving the Chiefs the ball back. And even when they got the ball with 120, they were running the ball all the way until they had a third down and the Chiefs started calling timeouts um, because they thought, hey, we we may have a shot to get the ball back here. And then they got a big first down play and – and so then it was like, oh, now we're going to try to score with 20 seconds left instead of I, – I thought they just completely squandered those two minutes. I, I had no idea what the hell was going on at that point. It, to me, it was so mind-boggling. You're right. I mean, they, they stopped KC. I got it written down here. 147 to go in the second half. That was a third down stop. They were going to get the ball down the back. Back. Second half or second, second quarter? Second quarter. And then, okay, I yeah. mean, John Lynch is in the press box, wherever the hell he is, calling timeout himself. Like, yeah, he it was, was mind-boggling. Yep. It was crazy. And to me, that's what I'm talking about. They didn't have 
Shanahan didn't have the faith of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I have to question whether this guy is no. really even the future quarterback. I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. You have a shot now with the ball under two minutes to go, march up the field and, and score points. And you're going to get the ball out of the half too. So it, to me, that was, it was completely mind boggling. Then they took the shot with Kittle. I thought it was a little bit of a questionable PI, but whatever. It's just, it seemed like at that point it was too late for them to take the shot like Brad is talking about. At that point, it seemed like Casey was going to get the ball back. So that to me just, it, it made it seem like it just, like Shanahan just didn't have trust. And you, and you talk, Jacob, about Garoppolo in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, for, in the second and third, he actually looked pretty good. He was accurate. He's moving the ball. You're right. They basically had whatever they wanted. Whatever they wanted to do on the ground, they did at that moment in the game. But in the right. fourth quarter, three for 11, 36 yards, a pick, took a sack on fourth down. It was just, it was mind-boggling, well, man. For anybody that watches, like, like not, I'm saying watches football and understands scheming and stuff like that, and I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm just saying that, you know, not everybody that goes to that level, but to you, what you're talking about, if you're watching during that point of the game, they even highlighted one of the plays they're talking about when Garoppolo hit that wide open spot, and it was the fact that the rushing was forcing the Chiefs to come down into the box, and you were having a one-high safety. You were having man too deep, which, you know, opens up. The way that they were running their defense, because of how effective the run was, was pulling down and opening spots for Garoppolo when he was looking good. And now you give most quarterbacks in the NFL, even the worst of the worst, spots and openings like that and opportunities, and they're going to look at least half-decent. And I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo's only half-decent. But again, I just go back to... It, it, let, let, I'll throw the question out to you. This is kind of like the uh, talking heads, hot takes of the world. But did the Chiefs win it or the 49ers lose it? I still think the Chiefs won. I'll always say the team won that won because they had to execute. Like, let's not say the 49ers gave it to them because, you know what, you, there's only so much you can do. If the Chiefs are executing, it's damn hard to stop it. But I will say this. The person that lost it for the 49ers wasn't even Garoppolo. The person that lost it for the 49ers was Shanahan. He has now lost two Super Bowls because of him. Yeah, I, I would agree. As he he got super conservative as a as the Falcons OC, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that game against the Patriots when they were up twenty eight to three, and and he did the same thing last night. They did take the one shot. Garoppolo had a shot to throw a bomb. I think it was maybe to Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he just overthrew. Him. Um, and he he had him. He was he had beaten double coverage and overthrew him. <laughs> the best part about that was watching John Lynch knowing yeah, that it wasn't. Gonna I saw connect. that too. Yeah, the replay. It's like Shanahan's <laughs> leaning back, like there's a chance, and, and Lynch just turned his head, like he knew it wasn't. I saw that. Yeah, too. I thought it was interesting too because you know you you had mentioned Lynch like trying to call timeout in the second quarter from the from the press box, and after that the next time you saw him he was down on the sideline and it was almost like he was yep. he was going to sit there and try to help Kyle Shanahan win this game if he needed to help him call timeout or something um, because it was he was like I I can't do this up here anymore it, so I don't know it I'll was tell you what. Go ahead. If if the 49ers bomb next year and somehow have a losing record, I don't know how they with this team, but let's say they finish 7-9, Shanahan's gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I or Garoppolo. I mean, I don't – yeah. Send them both back. Potentially, here. it's crazy. Good for Andy Reid. He it got his win, be. but now it's all anybody's going to talk about is Kyle Shanahan. Um, Chris Vanini, who works for The Athletic, he covers some college football. I saw him tweet out just the win probability – from what Brad was talking about oh, yeah. with Shanahan against the Pats. You talk about the graph. Yeah, you saw it too. I mean, second, He's got the two yeah, worst. The second and two at the Atlanta 35, nine minutes left. Um, the score at that point is Atlanta 28, New England 12. The win probability for the Falcons 99.6. And then last night, um, you, same, same thing, thing 95.3, <laughs> San Fran 20, KC 10, uh, first and 10 at KC 40. 
with the ball, San Fran. And yeah, I mean, and now the two largest, you know, comebacks, blown leads, I suppose, in Super Bowl history, the 25 point deficit in the Pats. Both and, on Shanahan. Yeah, now the Chiefs, both on Shanahan. I, I give some credit this. to the Chiefs, so I will, I, I do want to give some credit to them. Yes. Yes. Cause their defense, Stepped up. No, 95% of the credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm saving the five, I'm saving the 5% for the 49ers defense getting tired and Shanahan blowing it. But the 95, like I told you, I always go to the winning team. I actually, on the sidebar, I kind of wish Dam- Dam- or Damian Williams didn't score because I would have 24-20. You guys know I called it 24-17. <laughs> I wonder, what was this game like? It was like the Patriots game, except the reverse was the Chiefs actually led the majority of that game, but very much similar effectiveness uh, just down the board, but, uh, it was it was a fun one. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to Andy Reid and his cheeseburger, double cheeseburger. I'm sorry. Uh, congratulations to you, Brad. I know you're loving it. And I will say, for all this, one more person took it on the chin, and you might not know who it is, but it is Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, last year on September 23rd, 2019, the Athletic Kansas City, Brad tweets. In case you missed it. Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns and about 8% of the games. <laughs> Troy Aikman tweets, in case you missed it, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. Well, Troy, now he does. I think we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, one, one thing I, I want to, I don't want to not mention, um, this guy, Damian Williams. You mentioned the touchdown run, but Damian Williams was a monster all night. He, he. Did you think he deserved MVP? Cause I did. I, I absolutely thought. He, I I thought there could have been co-MVPs. I know they've only done that once, and it was two defensive players when they did it. But Mahomes, I think he won MVP because of leadership more than his statistics in the game. He led them down the field when they needed it. But Damian Williams was so consistent all night. Every time he touched the ball, it was four yards, five yards, four yards, five yards. He gets a touchdown pass. Then he, you know, breaks off the big run at the end. But it <laughs> this was had, the third round pick we yeah, took. It's actually kind of yeah. come full circle because yeah, he he was I mean, when he played and was healthy. He was effective all season. He just wasn't healthy all season. He, you know, he had all kinds of he had a hamstring thing in training camp. He had, um, you know, the rib injury against the Chargers. I think he might even miss uh, had a knee bruise or something early in the season too. When he was healthy, he was great. And if if they had so much trust in him that they made LaShawn McCoy inactive. And going back to the beginning of the season, when all the people thought LaShawn McCoy was going to eat into his carries, like when everything, when the dust settled, it was Damian Williams show. And they even tried to get, get uh, Darwin Thompson there a couple of times. They gave him a ball yeah. on the one yard line and he couldn't get in. Like he's just, that's not his role. Yeah. He's too small. He's, he's got a specific role, but it was, it was going to be Damian Williams was the only, basically the only running back on the field all night. Yeah, a couple things there. Williams, like I said, full circle here with Damian Williams. I mean, what has he had? 11 touchdowns in six career playoff games? It's unbelievable to even think about. I thought he should have been MVP for sure. Um, and so a few of us, we play this game where you just put in every single skilled player into a hat and then you pull out and everyone has about two or three names and they score a touchdown. You win the, you win the pot. No, I got Darwin Thompson. And I got, and then he <laughs> oh, yeah. came in for the goal line back that Brad was talking about. I'm like, the first one, I got him. I was like, this guy's not gonna touch the field. Are you kidding me? Uh, and then he got in there, friendly, and got stuffed. But yeah, it was amazing to me that Shady was even inactive. I get it. I suppose he hadn't been active in oh, any of the management. playoff games. Yeah, clearly <laughs> load management. And then this week, for the before Super the Super Bowl, he's talking about how he still has a lot to offer and he wants to retire as an Eagle and stuff. It's like, man, geez, you, Reed won't even play you, man. And that's your guy. But yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, the Eagles aren't taking your call. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of a side note from the, from the betting perspective. Did you all see the Mahomes over under rushing yards deal? Where he, his over under for rushing yards was, was it opened at 27.5 and it, it ended up closing at 36.5. 
but he had 44 yards entering their final possession, and he took 15 yards, the kneel like, down. trying to run the clock out. He lost 15 yards rushing, which took him down to 29. Oh, the... And the, it actually Ooh. was a six-figure boom for the house because so many people had bet the over on, on the rushing. And so it, it got him below the over-under, um, which was just a huge swing, oh, just trying to God. kneel out the clock. So, so I would have... That's why I don't bet over-unders like that. <laughs> That's crazy. Can we also talk about maybe just the NFL getting some sort of chip into the pylon? Pylons? Like, can't oh, they just, just they have like, so they much money. Can't they figure that out? No, no. Not even Put just that. Ball or Did, something? It, no, I was going to say, angle. tracking technology is actually super cheap now. Like, look, just do what tennis does. Yes. They have the entire flipping ball in every spot on the entire playing surface like technology is there to track every inch and pos- like they use it in hockey, they, they use, use it in it soccer, they use it in everything. Yeah, and except for I know football. Fo- like just, just, I think it was a touchdown, but I would just like to see it. Like you're capable. Yeah. of And how do they not it. with all the cameras at the Super Bowl? How do they not have one that's perfectly on the goal line? They they only had one that at a slight angle, and it just it's like it's just it's weird. How, how do you how do you let yeah. that happen? Yeah. And so it's, I don't it's know. Just gonna again like sometimes it just seems to happen in these big games. It's magnified a little bit, but figure it out. Just have, yeah, have the sensors and then have just a giant screen, light up, whatever, LEDs, turn green, red, whatever color you want. Like a shot clock behind the end zone. So when it happens, you know, because it's like, boom, as soon as it happens. So if you do have to go to replay, oh, you can just see when the light's turned on like they do in the NBA. Like, oh, wow, technology. I just wish the NFL had the money for it, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> well, and you you mentioned earlier about them potentially getting rid of Garoppolo. From this point forward in his contract, he's got three years left where it's like 23, 24, 24 on his salary. But his guaranteed money guaranteed? each year is is $2.2 million each year. So Oof. if they cut him right now, they only have $4.2 million in dead cap at, at this point, And they, he's a cap hit of $26 million. Um, next year. So any point going forward, they save well over $20 million against the cap if they cut him in, in any time in the next three years. So it, there's, at this point, you gotta think uh, like he's got, they're not gonna cut him right now. There's no way. He got him to the Super Bowl. No, but no. there's a really good, right. you know, good chance, like you said, if they, they could move next on year. really quickly. Um, if they have a bad year and then, you know, maybe try to trade up for Trevor Lawrence or something. Yeah, they're definitely going to give him another year, or, right, Jake? I mean, he, this is his first full season. This is the first time he's ever played more than six right. games. Oh, you have to start. Yeah, and he got him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, I know. It, like, it all of like that. it was a terrible season. Yeah, and I get it. But I think if you ask most 49ers fans, they're not sold on him. And, and, I mean, again, Kyle Shanahan did, didn't seem sold on him either. The same questions that we all had about him all season I long, think- I think he had yesterday in that game. Yeah, and that's what you keep saying, Chris, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's like if the head coach doesn't trust you – well, so maybe, again, I go back to what I say. What if he's just wrong? I mean, he completed almost 70% of his passes. He didn't even hit 4,000 yards because he only had 476 attempts, but he threw 27 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Got, as you said, got this team to the Super Bowl, not all on his own shoulders because a lot of it was the defense and a ton of it was the run game in the playoffs. And you don't go away from what's working, but, again, if the coach doesn't trust you – and maybe he's better than we know because Shanahan's not given him the chance to show that he's better than we know. So, you know, not looking at yesterday's game is not a great testament. All I'm saying is just maybe Shanahan's the problem. Yeah. But I, I, I do want to talk about this because we need to talk about it from a fancy perspective. And let's stick with the 49ers since we're talking about this. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback. 
Jimmy Garoppolo's out there next year, and let's not talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because everybody knows weight on quarterback, and nobody's going to be drafting Jimmy Garoppolo anyway, and he's going to be on the waiver wire. So if he starts off hot next year, boom, there you go. There's another quarterback for you. But let's talk about the backfield. That's where we need to talk about because it's going to frustrate the living hell out of people again next year. Coming into this game is the same thing we've seen down the end of the season and through the playoffs. Tevin Coleman essentially gets the first series, or first entire drive whenever it ends, and then it's mostly Mostert after that. That's what we saw Again, game after game after game down the end of the stretch when Coleman was healthy. But, Chris, do you think part of it is that Coleman's not 100% and we're going to see more of a split next year? Or is Mostert finally taking over as you can't stop the guy? He has to be the top option, whatever that might be under Shanahan. We still have who knows if McKinnon's even on the team if he's coming back and help. But is there uh, – yeah, you forgot about McKinnon, huh? Matt Breida wasn't even involved in this game. So that kind of clear, like as of right now, it's Mostert and Coleman, but that could change by week one. So assuming everybody's back, is there any way you touch Mostert? And if so, when is the earliest you would touch Yeah, him? I mean, it's a great question, and we'll be trying to figure out the answer to this question, I think, for months and months, uh, honestly. Like, I feel like the one guy that I want is Mostert. You need an answer today. You ain't going to get one. Uh, it's not going to be <laughs> concrete. And for me... I think it should be Mostert. That's the guy that I want. I think the job should be his. But I mean, again, it's Shanahan. But when would you take him? I I probably wouldn't. I would I f- I would feel comfortable <laughs> taking him. I don't know in the fifth? sixth. I was going to say the sixth round. I'd feel comfortable. But could, I, the fact I am I going to roll this guy out every single week with confidence as my RB two? I don't think so. I'd rather him be my flex. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'd rather him be my flex, and that's a, that's a sixth round pick. I'm not spending a fifth on a guy that's probably going to, on average, touch the ball twelve times a game. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that makes sense in the in the current roster um, structure that they have. I I could see him being a, a fifth or sixth round pick. Um, I if anything going higher than that right now, you know, unless like you say, unless they cut Coleman or they cut Breida, and all of a sudden. Um, you know, and, and Brita, it surprised me how non-existent he was in the playoffs because I, I really felt like, especially with Coleman banged up last night, that he would see the field more. And um, they, I, but at the same time, I think they love Mostert. Um, I think they, but they're just they don't have any commitment to him. And like, like from a financial standpoint, he's an undrafted player. Um, it, it's it's just a guy right now. They're just completely content rolling out whoever out there instead of just riding one guy. Um, you know, on a week-in, week-out basis. They'll ride a guy in the middle of a game, but then the next week it, it goes back to we don't know what they're going to do. So That's the thing. Uh, like, Chan like just yeah. rolls out all these guys, Brad. Like, yeah. Kyle Jusic yeah, is in there make paving ways for all of them. I mean, the end-arounds that Jake talked about with Debo and whoever's – it's like the next man up. I feel like Shanahan is, would roll out anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very possible that they'll they'll just sign a, a random undrafted free agent next year and he'll have just as much opportunity as Mostert does. And that's the concern. And I think that even if we went in with this situation now, let's say McKinnon's not even back. I don't know what his contract situation, maybe you can look it up. But yeah. even if they move on from him, uh, you know, who's to say that Jeff Wilson doesn't vulture a touchdown? He was yeah. out there at one point. I remember them saying his name. And it was, it was like Matt Breida. Like Matt Breida looked like the best running back for his own time. And every time you turn around at somebody else and it's just, that's who Shanahan is. We joked about it a few weeks. I, I even said this to you guys. I said, I, I find it interesting how nobody in the NFL has been able to figure out and stop Shanahan's run game. And it still wasn't. It wasn't stopped in the game. He stopped it. Uh, but I think that's the issues that we have. All right, so then uh, come back to you, Chris. 
the passing game. Now, again, not Garoppolo, but I want to bring up what we saw during the game. People were tweeting about it. His hype has been building since basically the middle point of the season is Debo Samuel. You guys know my feelings of Debo Samuel, and this isn't – everybody can go back. I love Debo Samuel in this draft class. Everybody knows that. I made the joke that the only thing I didn't like was his answer to my question. So I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, but I throw it to you guys this way saying, are you on the bandwagon? Because I'm actually getting off – because I feel like he's going to go into the fourth round at this point for the way that everybody's tweeting about him. Like, people are ready to anoint him as a top 20 wide receiver next year, Chris. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He's going to be popular. I think he was really popular down the stretch. I, I believe Brad and I were on that bandwagon with you this season as a guy that we really liked and would, would start to break out in the second half. I, You know, if you have him in dynasty leagues, you have him in keeper leagues – Good on you. Awesome. You're not going to have to deal with the price next year because it is going to be high. I might field offers at this point. I want you to mention yeah. that too, Brad. I, I, I think, sorry, no, sorry no, that's you. fine. I think that's a great point and you'd be silly not to. I mean, the, the flows, the ups and downs and recency bias. I mean, you should try to see what you could get for Debo Samuel and sell high, but I, I think he's a player. I think he's, he's, man, I, I do really want some shares of him next season. If the fourth round, I may think about it if that's what the price is going to be in the fourth round. Fourth? Yeah, I, I may. Yeah, but there I are think... going to be some inconsistent games, but I think he's the guy that I definitely want in this offense, apart from Kittle. I think the fourth is the highest you'll see him at any point in, in ADP. It, he, it's, it reminds me quite a bit of, of kind of Tyler Lockett's situation last year, where he kind of started out in the fifth round, then he crept his way up to the fourth as, as there was kind of like a little hype train going with him, you know, when people started realizing how efficient he was and that kind of stuff. And I, I could see that same thing with Debo. The, the biggest thing with me with Debo is I expect him to get better. They, Shanahan talked at one point about how he was raw and he he had to learn how to run routes whenever he got to San Francisco. And, yeah, he had a couple okay games early in the season, but I thought he really came on in the playoffs. And and just just from not so much even from the, the standpoint of how much they were, were uh, you know, what his statistics were or whatever, but it was how much of their game plan seemed to be – centered around getting him the ball, yeah. whether it was handing it off to right. him or whatever. I think they're going to try to find ways to make him, uh, you know, almost, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good, a good comp for, for who this would be, but kind of like a, a Devonte Adams type where they will, they will throw wide receiver screens to him. They will throw slants to him. They will throw contested catches to him because he's, he's a mismatch. He's six foot two fifteen. Other cornerbacks that are, that are that height are not that big. And he, he can out-muscle guys when, in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And he's tough to tackle. He's tough to tackle in the open field and, and he's fast. And, you know, there's a reason they took him at the top of the second round. And I, I think there's a really good chance, um, that, that what we saw this, this year was his, is his floor. I mean, he was 57 for 802 and three touchdowns this year. That's a, that's a pretty safe floor when you're talking about a wide receiver three slash flex player. Jake, these guys went back to back in our mock. AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, who'd you rather have? AJ Brown, not a question for me. Yeah, I. It comes here. Here's the here's the reason why I agree with everything you said. Look, this is coming. You just took two of my boys of the draft too. I, I love know, that's why I gave you that. <laughs> you know, AJ you Brown question. was my top option, but no. Here's what I'll say. AJ Brown was my top. Debo Samuel was in tier two, and Debo Samuel was in tier two for two different reasons. Is one is. His game isn't as complete as A.J. Brown's, in my opinion. Uh, can he still develop? And he could, they both be on the same page. Absolutely. I just believe A.J. Brown is the better prospect. Still, I believe that he's the better prospect. The second part is that now it comes down to teams and the quarterback is, you know, now we, it's very similar in the fact that, well, it's Tannehill 
and assuming he's back, but that passing game versus the 49ers passing game was actually very yeah. similar. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. But but who's the go-to guy for the Titans? It's A.J. Brown, no question. Who's the go-to guy for the 49ers? Yeah. It's Kittle. Now let's talk to Ebo Samuel as the number two. And that's slim margin, but you're talking about the number one versus the number two option because the number one option is always going to be Kittle. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But I mean, and, I, and assuming the Titans, yeah, assuming the Titans bring back Derrick Henry, then both of these offenses are so rushing focused yeah. um, that yes. that you're not. It's not like a, a, a passing offense where you're going to consistently see 330 yards in, in you know yardage for receivers. Right. So yeah, there, it's well, got to be the red zone threat of AJ Brown. Right. Yeah, AJ Brown's definitely yeah. bigger. Yeah, like he he's a guy you throw it up and give him a jump ball, whereas Debo's not that kind of player. Yeah, I, I, right. you figure that Emmanuel Sanders is not around next year, but you're going to get exa- what you got yesterday from Samuel is probably what you're going to get on average. You're going to get a couple blow up games. The ceiling is not as Here's high for AJ Brown, but five for thirty nine on nine targets. I mean, it's nothing exciting. I a hundred percent like for everybody. Oh, there's no I, this. I know the responses. We know the response. Oh, it's not happening in my league. Well, cool, good because <laughs> you know, whatever. It can happen, and I, I I don't actually know how you guys are going to answer because I've seen this. Let's bring up Debus, Debo Samuel in a perfect like trade in the offseason. I'll let you go first, Brad. Debo Samuel straight-up dynasty for Odell Beckham. Oh, Debo. 100% Debo. See? There you go. Chris? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Debo too, but if I, I feel like, honestly, if I had a really solid team and a chance to win, I would take the, the one year live in the moment right now with Odell. But I think long term, depending on your squad, I, I would take Debo, yeah. It's, and I'm, I'm torn with See, that. and I, you're torn, and I'm taking Odell Beckham. Yeah. I think, I still think that, you know, but that's, Again, similar to what we said on Wednesday's show. We have differing opinions, and depending on who you believe in, I'm not saying I'm wrong and Brad's wrong and Chris is just in the middle anyway, is, you know, this is why you go and feel like Dynasty, Keeper Leagues, even Keeper, you know, keep three, four, five players. So like, this type of things, this is why you should be playing in those type of leagues, too. It makes it more fun to yeah. have these kind of off-season talks. So, yeah. And one, right, one so thing to keep in mind, too, about Debo, he's a, he's a lot older rookie. He just turned 24. And so he's, yeah. you know, he's... It's not like he's a 21-year-old coming out after his junior year. He was a fifth-year senior when he came out. So he he started out – it's kind of like Calvin Ridley. Started out as an older prospect. Um, so he needs to be better right now. He Like he should be, you know, productive right now because he's he's basically already in his prime even though it's his, it, he's going into his second year in the league. Yeah, I'm always in the mindset to live in the moment with Dynasty Leagues, honestly. I know it's a different – when you're talking about running backs and wide receivers, a little bit more shelf life with wideouts, but – I always feel like you should go for it now and try to win now. You never know what things going to change. 100%. 100%. All right, so here's one. Let's go to the Chiefs. A couple, I should say. Let's go to the Chiefs. Because yeah, Kittle we know. Emmanuel Sanders, he's up in the air. Like, there's other things. Those are the things that we don't know what's going on. So let's talk about the Chiefs. And I'm going to start with the quarterback because this is the only simple question I'm going to throw out to you guys. It doesn't matter because both of us, all of us, both, all three of us are probably not drafting when these guys are going to go. But is it still Lamar Jackson for you guys? Or if you're drafting today, who is your number one quarterback, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Brad. Uh, it's got to be Lamar Jackson. Too big of a rushing floor. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right. I just thought it was, you know, at least worthy throwing it out. You know, you mentioned Mahomes had like, what, 50 yards before he started running around backwards for the end of the right. game. Yeah. So, he, he just doesn't have like the potential to get you a 120 yard rushing game with, you know, with one or two touchdowns. That's not, that's never going to be something he does. Um, at the same time, I like, if I'm running, if I'm running an NFL team, Mahomes is the guy I want. 
And from a fantasy standpoint, give me Lamar Jackson, but not not that it's not close. I'm not going to say like he's head and shoulders above, but Lamar Jackson is going to go in the second round of almost every fantasy draft next year, and you're going to be able to get Mahomes yep. in the fourth. And I, at that point, I would rather have Mahomes um, solely because I'm going to be able to have have two good running backs and a wide receiver before I take my quarterback, as opposed to taking my quarterback. And I realize Lamar Lamar Jackson, in a sense, kind of counts as a running back. Um, but, but it's, I, I just feel like there's no way he's going to duplicate the, the passing efficiency he had this year. I would agree with all of that, actually. Okay. Just thought it'd be fun to talk about it. So let's talk about the running backs in the backfield of Damian Williams. Obviously we're not taking Damian Williams in the third round next year, but he might not even be the top option. So again, I'll go to Brad. This is your team. Running back X. Lead running back for this Chiefs. Like, look, we know this. It's been proven this year. There was a brief time where Andy Reid got away from being Andy Reid with his running backs and used two, three options, split the carries. But that was with no Damian Williams. So if Damian Williams is the lead again next year, if it's not Damian Williams, if maybe not saying they would because they are not going to, but if they brought in a Kareem Hunt type, like either through the draft or somebody in free agency, is basically the question is, is Chiefs running back X a third-round pick? Um, no, and, and let me tell you why, because whoever is there, Damian Williams is under contract for one more year. Whoever is there will be sharing carries with him. And whether Damian Williams, he might start out the season as a starter. I mean, look at this, the year they drafted Kareem Hunt in the third round. The, the starter that year was Spencer Ware. And everybody thought like, oh, by eight, nine, week, you know, week eight, week nine, there's a good chance Kareem Hunt takes over this backfield. And then Spencer Ware tore his ACL right before the season started. So it was just handed to Kareem Hunt week one. And, and he took off and won a right. rushing title as rookie year. But it, it, it's, Damian Williams is, is absolutely good enough to be a 50, 50 timeshare guy. He can pass receive out of the backfield. He can handle the goal line work. He's, there isn't anything he can't do except for stay healthy for 16 games. And the, the way you do that is share carries with him. So they're going to bring somebody in that, that is going to, I think Damian Williams is probably going to get the majority of carries unless they take a guy in the first round, which I don't see, but I've seen a couple mocks where they take, um, like, like, uh, DeAndre Swift or, or somebody at the end or, or JK Dobbins. It was JK Dobbins. If that happens, imagine. that's second round. It was J- that's, that's second round. Yeah. So I think, I think the, the mock I saw. No, 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 not real draft. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Draft. I, yeah. If I would take them. I would take them in the second round of the fantasy. Yeah, draft. they had J.K. So Dobbins going, going first to the or first round of the Chiefs. You know, pick thirty one, thirty two, whatever they had him mocked at it. And and if that happens, I still don't know that that J.K. Dobbins comes in and is the definite one hundred percent bell cow to start the year because they love Damian Williams. But I could definitely see a, a 50, 50, 60, 40 timeshare. And at that point, it doesn't That's matter right. who it is, no matter how productive they're going to be. You can't take him in the second round. You can't take him in the third round. It's got to be a fourth or fifth rounder unless you, you kind of feel now in a dynasty league, if the Chiefs take a running back in the first round, that is the one one. And it doesn't matter who it is. If it's, if it's JK Dobbins, he leap, leapfrogs Jonathan Taylor and, and DeAndre Swift and whoever else you might have up there because of the, the potential of being in that offense with Patrick Mahomes for, for a long time. I mean, they're going to give Mahomes a stupid contract, whether it's this year or next year. He's going to be looking at probably $40 million a year. And that's these guys are going to be paired together. If it's a guy with any kind of receiving prowess, which, which obviously J.K. Dobbins has, I don't see them taking a running back in the first round. But if it happens, that's the 1-1 one, one in rookie drafts. Yeah, I agree with that too. I don't see it happening as well. Oh man, you just start the dynasty now. I mean, it, this team and this offense, you give them a top talented running back like that. I mean, 
just the path of the AFC too. I just think it's a lot weaker. That's a, the thing when we talk about the San Fran and who knows, it's, I think KC has the easier path to get back there with how they're set up on offense and the two conferences. It's just so tough in the NFC, but I, you guys know how I feel about Damien. It's the same thing. It's not that I don't think he can, you know, what he did yesterday is, you know, like Brad said earlier, when he's healthy, he's been really productive and catching balls into the back of the league, targets four grabs, do a little bit on the ground, be the goal line guy, but it's just been a matter of health and we have a pretty good track record now of his health. But so I don't think he'll be worth a third round pick, but yeah, I mean, if they do end up drafting a, a top running back, uh, yeah, Jake, you're right. Second round for sure. You just want a piece of this offense, however you can get it, and it's most likely the cheapest piece because you don't want to spend high on, on Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill are going to go off the board pretty quick. We know the inconsistency with Sammy Watkins. You can get a running back in, into this backfield that's going to at least get some goal line touches. It's super, super intriguing, but I'll be out on Damian if he's a third, and I don't even know if he's a third. I think a lot of people would be one of those guys that, no, I'm not going to do it. You know the worst place thing? I wonder how many people are going to feel like that in their draft. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. Damian Williams. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend a second or third on Damian this year. Screw that guy. Because I, you know, there's a lot of my chats, and sure, a lot of chats with you guys. It's like, where was this all year from Damian? But it's just, it was a matter of health. It's not the oh, fact 100%. that he can't do it. Yeah. But yeah, every time he was healthy, he no. he was productive. But you mentioned Sammy Watkins, and that's an interesting that play before. because. He, he's got seven million of dead cap, but he's got a $21 million cap hit next year. There's no way he goes into 2020 on the same contract right now. They will save the $14 no, million. Well, let's talk about him. We're going, we're going to get, we're getting to the passing game here. So let's get to the wide receivers. It's not even that, Brad. Or so are you not believing Sammy Watkins when he said that he might be done with football? Yeah, I, there's no way he's, He's a little bit of a kind of <laughs> out there space cadet guy, um, you know, talking about how he feels like he's he's a lizard or whatever. Um, at the same time, they ha- they will if he's back in Kansas City next year, it's with a restructured contract. There's no question because they there's no way they they're they don't have a ton of cap money the way it is right now. But they will do if they if they can't restructure a deal with him if he you know insists on keeping it, they will cut him. He will be a free agent and they will save the fourteen million dollars against the cap because he is not worth the twenty one million dollar cap hit next year. Yeah, I I I, th- I think that he I don't know if he's gonna be done in football, Jake, but I I could definitely see him being done with the Chiefs because I mean you can't just pay everyone, right? And to Brad's point, I mean you got to pay Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> you just can't. Like, he, you could temporarily, <laughs> I suppose you could, but I just don't see the no because you I, I told you guys this, and this is exactly what happened is and it wasn't told it was told to me by somebody in football is the NFL cap is meaningless. It's all about. It's all about uh, not it's the flow, cash flow. Thank you. Local revenue, um, yeah, not helping. It, yeah, it's like so. That's why everybody when they're talking about oh the Cowboys aren't going to be able to sign everybody, blah blah blah. Yeah, they can because it doesn't mean that's why the Redskins, if you look at it technically, look like they're over the cap every single year because they have the cash flow, and that's why a team like the Cleveland Browns for a year on end. And the Englandapolis Colts were sitting with twenty, thirty, forty million dollars of cap space every single year, is because yeah, they have it, but they don't really have it. So, I think if they really wanted to, but I'm glad you said because that's why Chris is like, I don't think similar to what Brad was saying. I don't think they want Sammy Watkins back for that much because Sammy Watkins showed up in Week One and then didn't show up again until the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, well, good for him for showing up for the playoffs. I mean, it's a nice dynamic to have, of course. Um, just to have that threat there, especially when you see teams like, I don't know, what was it, the the Titans? The Titans, you know, for the Texans, they just double-teamed Hill, and the Kelsey was wide open. The Titans are like, okay, well, we'll just go on Kelsey and and Hill, and then all of a sudden Sammy is there. So it's nice to have that dynamic, but I think it's just, you know, you can spend your money elsewhere. Yeah, and I – Well, so that's where I, I wanted to go to – go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say, it's, it's a scary thought for me to think – 
like from a defensive perspective, if they don't bring back Watkins and their two starting wide receivers on the outside are McCole Harmon and Tyreek Hill, there isn't a defense in the league that could keep up with those guys. The only question for me is, is McCole Harmon ready to take over the wide receiver two role from a route running perspective? Can he get right. open enough? Because he's obviously explosive in space, but I'm not sure he's nuanced enough. I still think right now he's a, he's a better number three, and if they don't bring Watkins back, they need to either grab somebody in the draft, bring in a veteran free agent to be more of a possession guy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, I think Hardman could, but I don't think I think it's far from a guarantee. So last part to get out of here with is actually Hill and Kelsey. So similar to our trivia game from Wednesday. Oh, I forgot to check the. I'll have to do. I'll bring that up on Wednesday. I forgot to check how we did. Uh, so Chris, Travis Kelsey, if at wide receiver, where do you think he finished? Oh, um, six. Brad, what was the question? I'm sorry. If if Travis Kelsey was at wide receiver, where did he finish this year? Uh, wide receiver blank. Twelve. Mm, cut the difference between you two. He actually finished eighth. Eight, actually, yeah. eight closer to Chris. Oh no, ninth. There you go. Boom. Dead <laughs> right in back the in the middle. Yeah. You guys tied. Yeah. But uh, so Chris. Wait, no, wait. You did go over technically because higher is going over, so Brad wins. Yeah, uh, we're so playing. He finished, he fit, price yeah. is right here. It's it's reverse price of right. Yeah, it's reverse because the, yeah, right. the lower number is higher. <laughs> he finished point eight points in front of Amari Cooper, just behind Keenan Allen. So not the 2018 year, but I mentioned that for this one reason. Let's have the conversation as we do every single year, Brad. Is it warranted to take Kelsey at the end of the first round next year? I would, no, I wouldn't take him in the first. Um I, I do, I do, I could see taking him in the second though. Um, and I would say the same thing about George Kittle. Um, you know, Kittle's four years younger and obviously the, the number one option in that offense, whereas Kelsey's kind of like a 1A, 1B with Tyree Kill and it, it, it can go game to game. And so, um, I still think he's a, I mean, he's obviously a monster red zone threat. He's, he's definitely going to be a focal point in the offense. Um, he's got great rapport with Mahomes and, and we saw that in the playoffs where Mahomes was throwing the ball sometimes where he knew Kelsey was going to go before Kelsey had even moved there. And um, because of that, he's he's worth a high pick for sure. If you want to, you know, kind of fill your tight end spot that high. Um, and then, you know, because we've talked before, and we mentioned this all draft season last year, you can get wide receivers. There are going to be wide receivers later in the draft, even undrafted guys, DJ Shark this year, completely undrafted, no ADP, and he ends up a wide receiver one or, or high end wide receiver two, um, at the end of the year, Chris Godwin taken in the fourth round of, of most drafts was the number two overall wide receiver this year. There are guys that are going to have a, a higher ceiling that you can get later. Whereas Kelsey is about as safe as it gets in the middle, in the middle of the, the second round or whatever. I thought he was one of the biggest steals in our athletic mock when, when Funson was asking us questions about steals, like he just stood out to me. He went in the third. And, and Kittle too. And Jake, I mean, you brought up the question about the end of the first. That's really where he was going on average last year. End of the first, early second, you know, mid second. There's no way that you were getting Kelsey in the third. And, you know, his numbers weren't all that different. The touchdowns for sure, but 97 grabs this year compared to 103. Caught basically everything that was thrown his way throughout the playoffs. 19 catches, right. 22 targets, four TDs. Like, I, there's only a handful of wideouts that I would take over him. Obviously, Thomas, Adams, Hopkins, Hill, Julio, Evans, Godwin. I'd probably stop right there. Juju, I don't think so. Amari Cooper, I don't want to deal with it. Beckham probably won't want to deal with it either. There's just some <laughs> consistency there with Travis Kelsey, and as bad as his tight end position is, I just I see a, a very similar season next year as these last two. So, 
I'm glad you talked about that seriously. Let's finish with the one thing. Speaking of the wide receivers and stuff like that is what about Tyreek Hill, second round? Let's put it this way, Chris. Tyreek Hill is on the board. Travis Kelsey is on the board. You're sitting there in the second round. Which one are you taking? Don't, don't, give, me, don't give me context of what you do I'll, with your first I'll, pick. I'll, I'll, I, just wanna... I'll, I would take Hill. I would take the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill. So real quick trivia before you answer yours, Brad. Do you want to guess where Tyreek Hill finished in a points per game? Because obviously you missed some time. Do you want to, points per game where he finished at wide receivers, Chris? Um, nine. I'm going to say it's lower than that. I'm going to say 13. Nope, Chris wins again. Oh. What was it? So, there you go. Oh, no, wait. You lost the first one. You won that one. Nine. Nine. Right on nine. <laughs> Tyreek Hill and... Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, 9-9, wide receiver, that's what you're looking at. So you would go Hill, would you do the same, or would you go for the edge at, edge at tight end, Brad? I'm going to probably, gosh, I'm going to probably take the, the edge at tight end, and the, the main reason is because I think Kelsey is going to be a lot more consistent for you all season, and that's what I want early in the draft. Give me the high upside guys a little later, fifth fifth round and later. But the first, my first four round picks, I want some stability there. And Tyree Kill is, in a lot of ways, can be a, a big boomer bust player. Um, whereas Kelsey is basically a, a six catch, eighty yard, you know, touchdown every other week kind of guy. And and give me that that guy over the, you know, the guy that has a chance to go for two twenty any game. Yeah, I think I hate taking a tight end that early, but I think I lean that way, Chris. Yeah. I think I, I think I lean towards, you know what. At Tyreek Hill, I would love to have him. I'm with you. Like, I actually own him in a lot of leagues, but I'm going to get that consistency. And you know what? I might be able to get a 95% version of Tyreek Hill in the third round anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's fair. I, it all depends on are you going to draft him at the end of the first? <laughs> I mean, he's not going to go Hill? in the third, right, Kelsey? No. Like, he's actually not going to go in the third. Oh, Kelsey? Yeah. No. So, and that's the thing. So if it depends that's where the issue. So up, if I'm yeah. drafting, if I'm drafting 10, 11, 12, I'm going to hopefully hope that I get Kelsey on the turnaround and I know some people will argue and like we'll just take him the first so you can get him and I just can't do that because I know in my mind I remember this past season of seeing who was on the board and I just can't yeah. pass on who's there to you know, if I miss on him I miss on him and I think that's the biggest thing is will you agree with that Brad is like if you miss on Kelsey and you don't get him in the second round and somebody already took him I, I feel like we're just like fine okay that's fine I didn't get him like I would have loved to but somebody else did and somebody overdrafted him so fine yeah, that totally. And that's, that's the way I was last year. Like if, if I was picking at like the, the two, four, two, five, and if Kelsey got to me, fine. But I, I, he wasn't leaving the end of the first round or the, or maybe the turn ever. And so I just, I literally didn't have him on any team. Yeah. And so, um, if he had gotten to me, I would have, I would have grabbed him. And, and if not, like there's, I mean, there's obviously plenty of talent, um, you know, uh, available there that I would be happy to grab. It's a great day. For the Chiefs, and it's a great day for Andy Reid and all of them, and Patrick Mahomes, and oh, I got my Super Bowl, yay! Uh, and Brad, <laughs> Brad, did you even sleep last night, Brad? I did. I I took a little uh, sleeping pill medication to to help with it because I I knew <laughs> I had to get up early, take my daughter it's to school wired. this morning. So yeah, I was I had some pretty big adrenaline going. So I was like, I'm gonna take. I took a Zequil and and just kind of knocked myself out a little bit to make sure I got some good rest. I can imagine because the only thing I know exactly how you feel to a degree because now I, you guys know this, I kind of hate the giants, but I still, you know, I root for the players. I still have the passion. You know, if Gettleman somehow proves to be not an idiot and this team works out, I'll be super invested again. But I remember watching the Patriots Super Bowl, the first one. And I remember how insanely intense I felt the entire time. 
then they win that and they won on the catch helmet and they had in the gate like and I don't think I slept like, like two hours that night. So I was just I was really curious to see if you got any. I'm sleep. still high on that Eagle Super Bowl, man. Like yeah, it's enjoy enjoy, <laughs> enjoy sure, Chris. Nobody's talking enjoy about you. Enjoy it, Brad. I mean <laughs> you're gonna it's it's gonna be every day. It's gonna be something that comes up as some. They tried to run a little mix of the Nick Foles early on in the I game. Saw that, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, you guys stole, you know that, right? That was actually ran first by the Lions with Matthew Stafford. Nobody remembers this. Yes. Um everything is stolen in the NFLs. I, I also Well yeah, that, how about the how about the goal line fourth down play where they, they did like the remember the, the Titans what the, what? twist and are, Yes, direct are, snap all to three David of them? What was the point of that? Just a little what distraction. What's the point of all three of them <laughs> pirouetting? Like I saw a tweet is like the Backstreet Boys out there at the little store. <laughs> um, but yeah, that really special was actually game. That, that was actually taken uh, – it was a play from the 1949 yeah. Rose Bowl game or something. That's what and I was say, yeah. They didn't – they showed the, the replay on ESPN this morning, and they didn't – They that play um, in 1949, they didn't do the little pirouetting thing. That was just something the Chiefs added in, uh, you know, for whatever reason. It's, I don't know if it's, you know, just a distraction, just something, you know, to, to – maybe they all don't want to shift any other way. Maybe they have to shift a certain way for the, the referees to allow it if they're all going at once. I don't know, but – my ballet-loving niece appreciated it. That's what it was. It was for all, for all the 12-year-old nieces out there that are doing ballet. There you go. That's what they did it yeah. for. Shout out for the It man. was a TD uh, from 1948, to... Dick. Michigan in an old Rose Bowl versus USC. Is... Yeah, I don't care about history. Whatever. I <laughs> uh, love it. Can, can we, on the way out of here, can we over-under two and a half Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes? I'll always take the under. I'll go over. <laughs> They're winning it next year, and then probably always. the year after that too. And he'll just have three in the next three years. All right, a good time now. <laughs> it's it's the it's the NFL. I'll always take the under. The parody is just it's too quick and too fast. Sure. The Patri- the Patriots don't make sense, but it wouldn't just shock me. What did you you Chris? You asked the question. I'm assuming you're taking the under. I, I would I would take the under, but I do definitely think that they're going to get another one. I mean, you gotta. I think at least one. You gotta think he quarterbacks another thir- thirteen, fourteen years if he's in Kansas City that whole time. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to hard to imagine that there's not going to at least be other chances. But here's the thing: is this is what people were saying about Aaron Rodgers when he took over for the Packers? Sure, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like yep. there's. But there's he's so a, he's been in three three NFC Championship games since he last won the Super Bowl, so there was opportunities there still. He just didn't get in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, and in my point, you made my point also. So there you go, <laughs> Brad. Enjoy the rest of your dang on day and the rest of the week. We will be back on Wednesday, starting next week. So a quick heads up in well advance. Next week is Wednesdays only because it's the off season. You only get one glorious day of us, but it will be a glorious day every single week. The fantasy baseball is in full swing, as in what is today. February, I don't know why it's paused like that. February 3rd, go to theathletic.com slash the throwback. You get 40% off. You can get involved in all that. You can get your drafts way ahead of everybody on all your knowledge and follow Chris at Chris Meany. He'll have an article in there eventually. Brad at Brad Ziegler as he tweets about the damn Chiefs all week. And I'm at All In Kid. Uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.